afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday upon us, and boy, we hit the ground running in more ways than one. Sue Martin is joining us today with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Not only did the corn finish higher, we saw some lower beans and wheat, a lot of outside market influence, and not just talking trade talks, just D.C. and everything else talks as well. Frost concerns coupled with the talk of snow coming this weekend, so a lot of things to focus on. I think first and foremost, Sue, let's look at this market. We saw like you, uh, the higher corn, the lower beans and wheat. Has the market finally decided that, ooh, maybe we do have some crop harvest concerns out there? I think so. And, you know, while we have about three days of good weather here, that's certainly not enough to get things dried out because the areas that caught rain seem to catch fairly heavy rains. And so that's kind of a concern. And then you look at um, uh, the fact that we've got a forecast of, and we were hearing this about a week ago last Sunday, um, that there was this forecast out there that on the 10th and 11th that the Dakotas and Minnesota and Iowa and Nebraska would see snow and high winds. Well, the heaviest snow is going to be more north. They're talking up to 30, 33 inches of snow possible for Fargo. Well, that's going to be a disaster for any crops that are still out in the fields. And then you look at um, South Dakota and anything, if they miss, the, you know, they're saying a skiff of snow there with winds. But if you catch much heavy snow and they miss it a little bit, it's going to lay those beans over. And so it is a concern. And, you know, South Dakota does have a lot of beans yet that are still not quite ready. And then not to mention corn. And then you look at northwest corner of Iowa and there's, you know, last time I was up there, there was still some pretty green beans and some corn that hadn't started to dry down yet. So it certainly isn't a black layer. So there, you know, the thing is, while yield may be down, it's probably more of a quality issue we're also talking about. Um, you know, for the corn and then also, of course, you know, and the drying costs this fall could end up being pretty expensive. You know, it's just, it's not going to be an easy fall. The eastern corn belt maybe will be a little more blessed, but certainly not the west. So it's, it's a concern. This has just been a, a bad story from, from the get-go before the spring planting started and throughout this growing year. These producers have been just kind of lobbed one launched ball after another and you know the guys that think you know normally they would let it dry down in the field might not have that opportunity this year and that is true you know um when we look at the crops you know we've got to say that um you know the uh, northwest has probably a fourth of their corn belt that'll see 10 to 15 percent of that crop area with a hard freeze next week um, you know, that brings things down. And then you've got um, a situation in Argentina that remains very dry in the southwestern part of the country. Half of that area is very dry. And you've got uh, dry areas in Brazil kind of starting to get a little less. Uh, they're saying now it's about a third of the corn and a fourth of the beans. But it's also said they'll catch some rain, but then it's not going to end up being enough to keep it at you know, to keep the dryness at bay, and they come back with some drier weather again. So, you know, and then you look at Argent or uh, Australia, and they're very dry. So, you know, it's Mother Nature's kind of 
having her hand in things around the world. But when we look at the crops here in the U.S., you know, the Dakota harvest is already at a standstill because of the wet, cold weather. And then, you know, like I say, they're supposed to catch that rain or that heavy snow. And you've got South Dakota kind of likewise. And then you've got Nebraska. Now, some parts of Nebraska could say, hey, we could use a freeze and it would be okay and maybe help them so they can keep on and start pushing to to do more. But, you know, I talked to, I had a client and a subscriber send me an email here this morning and said that um, uh, they talked to the Pioneer, and they're like about 20, 30 miles west of Springfield, Illinois. And they said a Pioneer seed dealer there told them that the uh, test plots, 40 test plots, that they have were down about 30% in the corn yield and the beans were down about 20. And that's a concern. And you have five counties through the heart of Illinois that did remain pretty dry. And so, you know, it kind of makes you wonder just what these yields are going to come like. Arkansas's corn harvest is pretty much done and they maybe have 25% on the beans and the yields both were up and down, but down from a year ago. You know, they were just kind of, I think that's the key. We're going to see variable state to state. I don't think there's any state that's going to come out looking pretty dandy this year. Does it set the tone, though, for these upcoming USDA reports that says, okay, maybe they aren't as good as we thought out in the countryside? Well, I think so. The only problem with this week's report is the fact that the harvest hasn't been able to get going well enough. Now in southeastern uh, Iowa near Eddyville, I'm, I'm, it's my understanding there's guys there that are about 30% done on corn. But um, that's not the norm. And so I don't think there's enough that's been done. And for the lateness of the crop, I'm wondering if NAS was able to get out and really get a good idea from their test plots. So I wonder if they won't really lower the, the yield much in this report, albeit Informa came down while FC Stone International actually went up. And so you kind of got a diversity there. Um, I think it's the November report that's really going to have more importance on, on us than this report that we have on Thursday. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We have more coming up. We'll finish up with the grains and look at the livestock. It is the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Sue Martin joins us for part two, we left talking a little bit about this upcoming report on Thursday. What's your thoughts, Sue, as we get closer to this report, and how do we mark it between now and then? Well, I think, you know, it was interesting because we thought Friday the market would rally just because Sunday night Mondays have been up so sharply the last three and so we did rally on Friday, nothing majorly, but we were up. But we can't get over that 920 level. And today, we tried to be higher last night to start with, but then pretty soon you trade in both sides of the close, and you end up doing hardly nothing. You were down, so we have broke the chain of sharply higher Mondays. Now, tomorrow, um, I would not be surprised if we see the market kind of float again a little similar to today corn maybe tries to push a little more that 390 area 391 is a little bit of a static point 
and wheat, God, wheat looks cheap to me. And, you know, it's, I think we're just marking time on this report. And yet I'm not sure that this October report's going to be as important. And you're not hearing anything. Um, it's too early yet to hear much talk about anything in, in relationship to the, um, Chinese officials that are coming. Other than Bloomberg today said that Chinese officials were signaling that they're increasingly reluctant to agree to a broad trade deal pursued by President Trump ahead of negotiations this week. Um, I think that's just because of all the impeachment talk. You know, they they know that um, there's a chance that President Trump might not be here. And so, you know, they might try to stall. And yet, in meetings with U.S. visitors to Beijing in recent weeks, Senior Chinese officials have indicated the range of topics they're willing to discuss has narrowed considerably. And according to people that were familiar, according to Bloomberg, with the discussions, U.S. presidents still insists on any deal has to be 100% for U.S. Well, I don't know. I think when he says 100%, in other words, we're not going to piecemeal this. We're going to, it's going to be an all or nothing deal. In other words, we're going to get all the different you know, pieces of the puzzle decided on, and then we'll have a deal. And I kind of agree with him on that, because otherwise, knowing China, they'll pick the pieces that are best for them. Uh, I think China's very much in need, and, you know, African swine fever is still uh, moving through the country, and it's also showing up in other countries, and, you know, they're in the process of holding gilts and, and sows and for breeding expansion, and they're building bigger facilities, um, but I'm not sure that that's going to end up taking them out of the situation. It, it's I'm not sure it's going to be the cure-all. And, you know, there I think it was, um, told me to this, I want to say it was Bloomberg that had a, a article out today, and they were talking about how uh, China is looking at, at breeding and raising 800-pound uh hawks and that's pretty or 1100 pound hawks i should say when they take them to market oh my god i think of an 11 pound hawk, 100 <laughs> hog i think of an animal a steer <laughs> you know what i mean or i just it, it just sounds ludicrous and there has to be a whole lot of fat on that and remember they have a ban on ractamine for lean meat so you know from the u.s so if they have that then how in the world do they think they're going to put a hog up to 1,100 pounds. And in the meantime, you know, what's that hog going to taste like, the meat? And I, that just seems pretty interesting to me that they're thinking they could do that. And then think of the amount of feed that it's going to take to get them there. That's crazy. Well, speaking of, yeah. speaking of feed, as we look at the livestock side, this cattle market, did it come as a surprise that we finally saw the trade settle on a Saturday and seeing some 109 in the north? Yes. It um it is interesting and there was even some talk of one oh nine um bids going out here today. And so I don't know. Um I think that uh when you've got uh cattle uh coming in here and, and having bids on a Monday at one oh nine, well first off, the packer margins are so deep in the black. They wanna they wanna process every little animal they can get gone before that processing margin 
narrows up a little bit. And so they're pushing to get animals, you know, processed. And that's that's a good thing because of the demand. But on the same token, you know, we have the market extremely uh, overbought. And, you know, I look at the hogs and the indicators that I follow were sitting the same as what the cattle look like now on the charts. Well, hogs have fallen on their face and we're down 300 points on December and February hogs today. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can get the podcast not only through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you find your podcasts. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.